I don't really have anything right off the top of my head right now. So we're going to get right into it. Joshua chapter 1. The nerves never go away when you're preaching. Pastor Kenny always says that he's, uh, he's always nervous every time he preaches. He's, all, he's here all the time and preaching all the time. I'm like, you know, the nerves don't hit, hit, didn't hit me like around dinner time. But like when I got in the building, I'm like, oh, I'm preaching. Oh, boy. Uh, that's when the nerves really kicked in, but we're going to fight those, and God's going to take control of my mouth, and everything's going to be okay like it always is. So Joshua chapter 1. There are a few Christians who, once accepting Christ, want nothing more to do with him. But the majority, we know, wants to serve Christ. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room, if not everybody in this room, wants to do something for God. They want to please God. They want to serve God. They want to follow God. I certainly do, uh, but I find myself wondering what I can do to get God's attention and make him proud of me. I want to serve him, but it's hard knowing where to start, and I'm sure you guys have encountered the same obstacle. This sermon is about a man named Joshua who God used mightily. We're going to look at this chapter, chapter 1 of Joshua, and see what characteristic God is looking for in a man or a woman to use them. Today we're looking at the man that God uses, the man that God uses. I'll pray and we'll get right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. These people don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. And I pray that you just touch me, take control. I already feel your presence upon me, and I thank you and praise you so much for that, Lord. Please help Shiloh. Help the Byer family as they're struggling with this. Lord, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what your will is. We don't know what your way is or why she's back here in uh, this state, Lord, but we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and I know they sure love you, and they sure want to please you. So whatever happens, I pray you would get all the glory out of everything that's said and done. Lord, please help the buyers as they deal with this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter 1. The, the first characteristic that God is looking for is a man or a woman that listens to him. Uh, look down at, we're going to look, read through the whole chapter here eventually, but look down at uh, chapter 1, verse 1, and we'll read through verse 9. Uh, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the, Lord, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give the, to them, even to the children of Israel." Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not um, any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Praise the Lord for that. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate thereon, therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. 
For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. The man that listens to God realizes the responsibility that they have. Joshua realized the responsibility he had, but he also realized the God that he was speaking to and how he must heed every word that he says. The past regime had passed on, and it was now his turn to hear from the lips of the Almighty. We all know Moses. Moses is famous for, you know, he's got God parting the Red Sea and Moses using the staff to smote the rock and smite the rock. And we all know Moses, but now it's Joshua's turn. Now Joshua has to take up the mantle. Now Joshua's the one that God is talking to. This is the first time in the Bible that you'll find God talking to Joshua. It's now his turn, and he's realized the responsibility that he has. He's got God's word with him, and now he has to go do something about it. And he realizes, this is God. This is the God that Moses was talking to, and now he's talking to me. This is a God that is way out of my league. Way, I don't deserve to even be talking to this guy, but he's talking to me, and I'm going to follow what he says. But he first realized, he realized who he was dealing with. Knowing this, that the same God who parted the Red Sea, who fed 9,000 with a few loaves and fish, dwells within you. When God speaks, realize who you are dealing with. You are dealing with a holy, righteous, loving, merciful, just, wonderful, matchless God who created your beginning from the dust of the earth. Remember who you are when you look at who he is. Psalm 19 verses 1 through 3 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Psalm 29.3 says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Matthew 8.27, But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? This is the God you serve. This is the God I serve. We serve a risen Savior, a risen Lord, and he's coming back to get you one day. And what's he going to find you doing? If he comes back in your lifetime, what's he going to find you doing? Are you going to be busy serving him? Or are you going to be busy sitting down, watching TV, watching the news, scrolling on your phone, whatever you could be doing? I know there's some things in, in my life that I don't, I don't want to be found doing. I don't want to be found doing when the Lord comes back. I sure don't want to be sinning when he comes back. But this is why we got to be redeeming the time. You have to remember who he is. Notice who he is. Realize who he is. And then realize, I don't, I don't deserve it. Now, we can realize who God is. A lot of the time, we find ourselves realizing, okay, this is the God that I serve, and I understand this is God. But do we really realize who we are? The idea is pride, uh, the... Hang on. Pride is contention. Help me with that verse. Only by pride cometh contention with the Holy Spirit before fall. When I think contention, I think God and me, that relationship right there, when there's pride, there's contention. And if our relationship, my relationship with God isn't right, then that's a pride issue. And if that is the, that is the basis sin, then the whole rest of your sins are involved in, has to do with pride. You not having the right connection with God. And so looking at that, we have to really humble ourselves and realize, okay, I am not who I think I am. I'm not the greatest Christian in the world. I'm not anybody that God would ever, should ever use. But what I do know is that I am his servant. 
and I choose to come to the father's house like the prodigal did and say, I'm no longer worthy to be called thy son. Use me as a vessel, Lord. That's the mentality. We need to be humble in our attitude at work, at home. Home is the hardest one for me. I, I, can, I can be a testimony at work because no one else there is trying to be a testimony. But when I get home and I'm surrounded by it, that doesn't mean take off the, take off the spiritual mode. You have to be spiritual there. That's when Satan wants to get you. Satan wants to get you when you're at home in the confines of your own living place. That's, that's where you're going to get hit. The loneliness kicks in. The loneliness sets in. And you start to get working in your mind and things start happening. Well, that... That, that's the devil's workshop. Idleness is the devil's workshop. We have to be careful to remember who we are, realize who we are. Water looks great. I have the gift of gab. Thank you, Mom. Not only does the man that God used listen to God, he realizes who God is, but he also remembers. Look down at verse 13, Joshua chapter 1. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. If you want God to use you, remember what he said through the men before you. Joshua reminds Israel what God said through Moses, which means he was paying attention to what God was telling Moses. He didn't throw out what God said through the previous leader and now take his own, okay, Fresh new set of rules, God's going to say the same thing. If you've read, if you've read Leviticus, um, God laid it out pretty clearly to Moses, and I would not want God to tell me all that again. I would be paying attention so I didn't have to get all that again. God told Moses everything he needed, and Joshua was paying attention when Moses was reciting what God had told him. That's important. We have to remember what the men of God before us said and what people that have gone astray, what they were doing, so we don't follow in their tracks and we follow in the good men that were doing what's right and doing what's pleasing to the Lord. There have been some great men of God that have gone on before us. Billy Sunday said, If you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. Edward McKendry bounds, If God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, he will be in the last place the remainder of the day. Charles Spurgeon said, Have your heart right with God, and he will visit you often, and so turn weekdays into Sundays, meals into sacraments, homes into temples, and, earths, and earth into heaven. The men of God before us have done some pretty incredible things, and we have to listen to what they're saying. If they're speaking truth from the Bible, if they're speaking truth from God's word, they've got some wisdom pulled from it. We have to listen to them too, not just... You, there's a certain amount of focus on the now, there are some times when God wants you to look back and there's reasons why there's memorials in the Bible. There's reasons why he said, don't tear down those memorials, those stones that they put up in Joshua. We're just learning about in Sunday school, right? They set up those stones as an example of this is what God did, a memorial. This is what God did. And we're supposed to point back to that. Look, this is what God did for us. We have to look back at what God did through other men and see that's what God can do. God can still do that. That's the same God. Their God is my God. He can do the same thing. Now, why is that not happening? Because faith. Faith is lacked through the ages. As it, as it goes on, um, I'm learning in school. Uh, how it works is there's a man God uses. Then there's a movement that follows. And then after the movement, there is a monument 
and then there's materialism. It just, it go, it's a downward slope. It starts at the top. God uses a man, and then it just goes downhill from there. There have been some great men, and then we caved off. It's our job to step up. We're supposed to be that man, that man that's supposed to stand in the gap, the man that's supposed to reach the lost, the man that's supposed to teach other people about God and help train this next generation, train people like me, train people younger than me. It's my responsibility when I get to that age, and I'm trying to do it now, be a good example to my peers, be a good example to the kids under me. But this is our mission. This is our now. The men that... Serve God back then, it's our God today. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Proverbs 12.15, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 19.20, Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. It's a wise thing to look at uh, good men of the past and follow what they said but more importantly, listen to what God said. If we're talking about history, greatest history book that ever was right here, pay attention to what those words say. Don't take them lightly. I know we're supposed to read it every day, and sometimes reading it gets a little stingy. Oh, it's the story of the prodigal son again. Oh, I have to read Leviticus and First Chronicles and all that. Guys, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. This is actual history. God didn't have to give us this book. God didn't have to give us any help, but you know what he did? He wrote it down, 66 books in our Bible, just for you and me, so that we could serve him to the best of our ability. If he gave us all the tools, use those tools. You would be foolish not to do so. The man that God will use is the one that listens to him. But secondly, the one that leans on him. Look at verses uh, 10 through 15, or 10 through 13. Chapter 1. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go and to process the, possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh spake unto Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. The man that God will use leans on him. Joshua trusted in what God had told him. The man that leans on God is the one that trusts in God. He believed that God would do all he said he would do. You have seen God work through men. We have some great pastors here. We have some great men of God in here. You've seen what God has done through them. You've seen what God has done through people in the past. God uses all sorts of people in his word to accomplish his will. They can only do it through faith. How strong is your faith? If God can do that through them, he can do that through you. Am I, am I wrong? I'm, I don't think I'm, this is what the Bible says, if God can do it. So why aren't we doing it? Why aren't you doing it? Faith. Trust in the God that created you, that is keeping your atoms together. Trust in the God that made this world, even in the midst of corruption, there's still beauty in this world because it was designed by the handiwork of God and Satan can only do so much to taint it. He's tainted it all right. I can't imagine what the new heaven and the new earth are going to look like. But we can, if you look outside and see all that beauty out there, God made that. You see, you see, you hear, you smell, all that stuff comes from God. You have that, the God who created you, every part about you. You are not smarter than this God. God created the brain that made you even think that you would be smarter than him. 
Realize who he is. Remember what the men of God did before you. Trust what God said and that he, he is trustworthy. If anybody in this universe is trustworthy, if there's not anyone else on this earth, if you can't trust our pastor, if you can't trust your family, if you can't trust me, trust God. He's right all the time. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Psalm 46, 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Not only does the man that lean on God trust in him, but he also triumphs for him. Look at verses 14 to 15 in our text. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them, until the Lord hath given you your brethren rest, as he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. A man that God will use must have some victories in his life. This is the hard one. Someone who leaned upon God to get through a trial of their faith or temptations. A man that can endure temptations gets not only a crown, according to James 1, 12. Actually, go over and look at that. James 1, verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. You have to have triumphs in your life. God's going to use a man that has triumphs in his life. It requires work, and it's going to require blood, sweat, and tears. The Bible talks about you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. There's going to have to be some resisting, and it might even have to be unto blood. But this is the man that God will use. This is the woman that God will use. Someone that'll fight and stand strong even when it gets tough. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So not only does the man get a crown that endures temptation, but also a victory in his life for Christ. When you endure that temptation, you get a victory for Christ. Joshua was preparing Israel to fight and receive their reward, the land that God had promised them. This is one of the hardest goals of a Christian, to triumph over sins that easily beset you. Look over at Hebrews chapter 12. You're right across the page. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had to do some enduring too. If Jesus had to do some enduring, you have to do some enduring. That's just how it is. If God is gracious enough to send his son, and his son had to do enduring, certainly we have to do some enduring. 
if we want God to use us, you're going to have to stand through some stuff. God's going to start throwing stuff your way. If you want to serve God and you want to do what's right, stuff's going to start coming your way. You're going to start getting temptations. You're going to start getting entanglements that are going to come upon you. And you might get stuck in them. And God's waiting to see what you're going to do. Are you going to cry out to him or are you going to try to keep fighting it in your own strength? Watch it. Be careful. Those things can take a really long time to get over. But we have to serve God. And if we're going to serve God, we need to get victory over that. No matter how long it takes, fight. Resist unto blood, striving against sin. That's the man that God will use. If you want to get used by God, fight for triumphs in your life. They will definitely, certainly get God's attention. To triumph over sins that easily beset you and over the grief of tribulation. John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this world you have tribulation, but God says, you know what? I will overcome the world. I did it at Calvary. I did it at the cross. I overcome the world. I overcome the devil in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. I've, I've beaten Satan. I've beaten this world. Nothing, nothing can stand between you and me anymore. I've got you. If you would just trust me, if you would just trust God, he's got it. He's got it right for you, if ready for the taking. Victory can be yours if you'll just take it. The greatest powers on this earth that be, the greatest, the God of this world, can do nothing against our God. Victory is possible if you would just trust him. If you would just trust in that God, the God that's no longer on that cross. Psalm 108, 13. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Ephesians 6.10, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 1 Corinthians 15.57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only does he listen to God, lean on God, but he leads for God. Look at down at verse, uh, turn back to Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 16 and 17. Are we Okay. Joshua chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And the answer Joshua saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. The man that God uses obeys his commands, just like Joshua did. Joshua did what God had called him to do, and God used him because of it. To be used by God is a marvelous thing. Someone, that someone so holy would reach the unholy and use him as if he were holy. Israel followed Joshua as they did Moses because he obeyed God. God will use an obedient child. Not just to him, but also, not, they're not just supposed to obey God, but they're also supposed to obey th authority as well. We're not just supposed, we are, God is our primary authority, but we, there's other authorities over us. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they, that, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Our pastors are watching over us, and our pastors are ones that we have to obey too. If God put them in their position of authority and they're following the Bible, which our pastors are, we have to obey them too. We're obeying, ultimately, we're obeying the authority of the Bible, but we're following them. I would hate to be the one that causes Pastor Kenny grief, causes, make, 
that is unprofitable for us. That it would grieve him when he stands before God and he's like, Lord, I tried my best, but I, I know, you know, there's some people that just didn't, didn't do their best. They didn't try their hardest. And now here they are. And it grieves him. I don't want to grieve that man because I'm not serving the Lord. Do you? Do you want to? If you can't look at, look at God, that's the most important thing. But look at a man. Think of the man that is in charge of you, is head over you, head over this pulpit and trying to help you and bless you and be an encouragement to you. You're accountable to him. He's accountable for you. God's going to judge him based on how he treats you and how you respond. God uses our pastors as the vessels to bring forth the word. Are you respecting that? Are you following that? He's not trying to lead us astray. He's trying to follow us to God. He's trying to be the voice of God, an extra voice with the Bible as his sole authority. You have to obey the pastor. Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Government. We have to obey the government. We might not like the government sometimes. But as long as they don't compromise with our liberty to use the Bible, use the right Bible, we have to obey them too. We have to stay within the laws of our government because that is the authority that God has set up. Acts 5.29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Ultimately, God is the authority that we have to obey. We have to follow God. We have to obey God. Not only does he obey, but he obtains. Look at verse 18, last verse of our text. We don't see a promise. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto the words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. God uses a man who obtains from him strength and good courage. Now what's the difference between courage and good courage? Courage is bravery. You could, do, you could be brave to do many wicked things. That's what courage is. Courage is just bravery. Good courage Joshua obtained good courage, bravery to stand, and having done all to stand for the Lord. If you want to be used by God, of God, you must obtain strength and good courage from him. The courage and strength that you can obtain on earth is temporal and has no eternal value or spiritual strength. You must obtain. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. The man that God uses will listen to him, lean on him, and lead for him. One listens to God by realizing who God is and how important it is to hear him. Also one who remembers what God did through previous men. One leans on God by trusting what he said and triumphing over trials and temptations. One leads for God by obeying his words and obtaining divine strength and good courage. These are the three characteristics that God is looking for in a man or a woman. They say a low aim never hit a high target. Don't aim to obtain just a few of these characteristics. Go for every single one of them. I know each and every one of you in here have the ability to obtain, have the ability 
to do what God wants, to be used of God. And I know all of you want to be used by God. This is how. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for uh, using me tonight. I pray it was a help. Lord, that's all I want to be here tonight. It's just a help to these people. Please encourage them, strengthen them, help them. Help them to follow after you to be the man or the woman that you want them to be, that they can be used by you. I thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name.